in high school. So I went to a Mennonite high school in, uh, in Rostron, Saskatchewan. And, uh, and we had a Christian ethics course there. Mm -hmm. And one of our teachers came in one day and he just says, we're going to talk about swearing. And we're like, Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. One, two, ready, go. Welcome to the Called to be Bad podcast. My name is Mariah Martin, and I feel called to be bad. It turns out I'm not the only one. Join us as we dig into all things bad, scandalous, deviant, you know, the stuff that makes good church folks squirm in the sanctuary. Why? Well, because sometimes the scandalous is spiritual, deviant is divine, and bad is beautiful. Say yes to the call, and let's see what holy trouble we get into today. Hi, Alan. Hello there. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's great to be here. I met Alan, Rudy Froze, at Anabaptist Mennonite Biblical Seminary, or AMBS, um, because Anabaptist Mennonite Biblical Seminary is a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> and I took his preaching class and his voice class. I think that was the only classes that I took with you. Yeah, I think it might have right. been yeah. something else. Um, and Alan also teaches at Conrad Grable University College in Ontario. And uh, some of his various research interests are uh, theology and forms of Anabaptist Mennonite preaching in North America, which is fitting to teach a preaching class, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and then also stage fright um, and also swearing, which is what we are talking about today. When I reached out to Alan and asked if you would wanna be on this podcast, I said, you know, what would be your bad topic? And he immediately responded by saying, swearing in Christianity. Boom. That's what I want to talk about. So I, I'm curious where your fascination with cussing, swearing, bad words, where that comes from. Is there a story? Um, is this always been a fascination or is this something new for you? You know, I think it's always been a kind of fascination. Um, you know, I have to kind of check in with whether this fascination of the last 20 years has me reading back into my childhood, but that's fine, right? I mean, sure. uh, like one of the experiences I remember as a child was we moved from one town to another or one city to another between kindergarten and grade one. And uh, I was surprised to hear uh, when I, when, you know, we were playing uh, at recess and so on, I was surprised like just the first few days to hear the same swear words that we mm. had in the other place. That was interesting. Um, and I felt uh, strangely comfortable with that, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, of all the differences between my new friends and the new school and the new teachers and everything's new for me, oh, here are some words that are the same. That's cool. The same. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know that I was using them a lot, but certainly I was hearing them a lot. And so mm -hmm. that was that was pretty interesting and, and formative. Um, and then one more experience, and that is uh, um, I went to Jamaica when I was 18. Uh, right after high school, I went there for a year with the Mennonite Central Committee SALT program. And uh, I was just fascinated by language in general there. It's a patois, it's an English patois, but it still took me, so it's a dialect of English uh, with a lot of African, with a lot of African language grammar in there as well and different words. Uh, anyways, um, what I, one of the things I discovered quite early was that the worst word you could use there is bloody right? Like that's above the F-bomb and above all kinds of other words. 
that's that's a totally forbidden word and you know you have to be in a certain context or or a very rude person to say bloody and i i haven't done the research on this but i wonder if it's if it either refers to women and menstruation i don't know oh. or is it or is it um or is the reference more to the blood of Jesus shed on the cross? And then now this is some sort of um, profanity uh, in that religious sense. I don't know. But I, I, again, I was just totally fascinated by this. That, yeah. oh, there's a hierarchy. Different cultures have hierarchies of which words are worse and which words you use with your grandmother and which words you don't and so on. This is like brings up how a lot of cuss words are related to the body and yeah. bodily functions and yeah. gender even. Um, yes. And I mean, you think about like just that the physicality of cussing, like flipping people off. Yeah. Um, one of my first um, introductions to cuss words was um, I was, I remember this clear as day. I was sitting in the cafeteria and there was a boy sitting at my table and he was like, look what I can do. And he was like flipping everybody off. And I was like, I can do that too. Like I thought it was like a physical thing. Like and I was right. like, I can do that. I can, I can make my finger do that. And then of course I was the one that got caught flipping everybody off. And so <laughs> I got in trouble and I, I just was, I, I'm pretty sure I started crying because I did not, I did not get in trouble. Um, mm -hmm. And I was telling her, I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what I was doing and just felt like, uh, it was so unfair that I got in trouble. And then I remember going home and asking mom and dad what it meant. Like, what what did flipping people off, what did that mean? Um, and yeah, I'm not sure how much they explained to me or not. Um, I don't remember that conversation, but I do remember yeah. getting in trouble. Yeah. Uh, another, another memory, I remember in one of our hymns, I think it was a... Um, a Christmas hymn, and it said the word ass, yeah. and ah. it was referring to the donkey, and I was like, looking around, I was like, are people going to say it? Are they going to say ass? And I asked mom, I, I was like, is why, why is this okay that it says ass? Um, but yeah, I mean, how do you feel about using the name God or Jesus when angry? Like, what do you think about those as, as cuss words and, and using the Lord's name in vain? Like, what is, what does that even mean? Yeah, that's an excellent category. And you, you've, you really named these categories. Well, like the, 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 the literature I've read on this, and I'm still reading a lot more, I have a lot more work to do, but yeah, we essentially cuss around, we swear around uh, the, the holy, Mm. and our bodies right uh, and that can be just bodily functions or sexuality there's a lot on sexuality of course and then uh, the other category would be we use curse words to denigrate others right and that that sort of slips into the especially into the gender category as well um on bodies um yeah this this topic of of using the lord's name in vain is very interesting and i, I want to do some more work on this but i th but most of the of the anti-swearing stuff <laughs> in the bible yeah i think has more to do with uh you know if you're going to swear if you're going to um make an oath mm -hmm. right so i'm using swearing in the term of oath here if i'm going to promise uh in the name of god uh to follow through on this promise or whatever it is then uh breaking that promise is a bad thing so 
so God and Jesus says some of the similar things, like don't take, don't, don't try to rely on God or make a promise to God that you can't keep, right? Okay. So that, I mean, that's a little bit different than sort of using bad words, like saying God damn it or Jesus Christ or something like that. But um, but there there is a direction there that's a little bit different than I think how we've often framed um framed use of the name of god yeah there's there's a lot of um a lot of work i still need to do on some of this this biblical work here but um i just had a great conversation by the way with paul keim yesterday on this ah, he actually words yes uh paul keim uh is a professor at goshen college here in the u.s and he um his dissertation was on the shift from uh, curse and blessing to swear words and profanity, like in the Old Testament, and um, and it, and in Hebrew language, he can speak about ten languages. That, yeah, um, so he knows a lot about swearing because this is the fascinating thing. There's all these different languages that swear in different ways, and he yeah. he was able to cover some of that yesterday. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, words have uh, words have meaning inherently. And often we think about words as having like, or, or the things we say to each other, simply having content, right? Like, and often they are, I'm going to go take the car to the mechanic this afternoon. That's information, right? Um, there are other forms of speech though, that we have that um, have more inherent power, right? Like when I, when I say something to my wife or to my children, I, I love you, that's, that's content, but it's actually doing something right it's it's actually loving as i say the word love right yeah it's actually the, the word is doing what what the word means right mm -hmm. and it's actually building relationship right but but i mean to turn that around um to say fuck you <laughs> right and right, it's not said and it's not said in in like the sort of joking way that we sometimes do that. Yeah. If it's in a mean way, that that has the same that's that has the power, right? That is remove it, it. It's a power it, that's changing the relationship, right? When yeah. that word gets said, and th there's power behind that, right? And of course, you know, cumulatively, when we're in close relationships, we um, our words our words just keep building on each other and building on each other, right? And so that's, I mean, that's sometimes called the speech act. There were all these um, folks interested in language in the early 1900s who, I think that's where the, the I, I mean, the, the reality has always been there, but the, the term speech act um, is really important here in this whole issue of, well, it's important in all language, but it's super important in swearing um, because uh, these words have, for whatever reason, more power, mostly because they're taboo because they're right. about the holy or the body or the other and um when we use them they have a certain kind of power uh that can be used for good or for ill right and and, and somewhere in between right like when i just sort of when something happens in my apartment here and i drop my cortado on the floor and i say shit yeah. like that's that's in a totally different category i think because it's this is this is a surprising moment for me, and I'm going to say this word. It's right here, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it has no social import in that sense, right? Sure. 
but I have to watch that I don't say that in front of, you know, my my grandparents aren't living now. I I probably wouldn't say that in front of my mother, but then I, but then I might, right? Yeah, and that that could change the nature of your relationship. What? Yes. Well, it would at least at, at least it would have us having a conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But but I mean the 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 other thing to draw from that is that that's not direct that that word I just said because I dropped my my coffee is not directed at her if my mother is sitting in the room, right? That So that's a part of this as well, right? So she could be offended at my language, fair enough. But I wasn't I wasn't saying it to her. I was saying it to, who was I saying it to? The, the universe, right? your coffee. The universe. And I'm also kind of saying it to my own body because um, again, this is something I need to, to um, research more, but uh, you know, the good swear words we have actually do good physiological things for us, right? That word that you have that is is honestly expressive of what is going on in your life right now, whatever that word is, um, that is tingling your spine and, and doing things physiologically that actually is a kind of catharsis for what's happening, right? So this is one of the benefits of of some of these powerful words, right? Is they're they're taboo in in many respects, and yet um, they serve they serve some pretty good functions. They actually help us to deal with. They help us to express the anger that's there, or whatever the feeling is, and and they 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 help us man manage that. Actually, that's so interesting. It it's making me think about how. Um, like if, if energy is built up within us, mm-hmm. how we look for these cathartic ways to get rid of it. So like in yeah. relationships, we often move to triangling. Like if we're having a difficulty, we'd go to a third person and try to loop them in and which is never, it's not usually helpful, it's <laughs> worse, yeah. but it, it lessens some of that tension between person one and two. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way, when you, when you cuss, it, it shifts that energy elsewhere, yeah. almost out of your body, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. So you're actually writing a book about cussing and Christianity. Um, what what area of that of that relationship excites you the most, if we have not already talked about it? And if so, we can circle back and go deeper. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think I've mentioned a lot of things. I mean, this, this, this trinity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Of, uh, of swearing around the holy and the body and and the way we the way we um, make awful comments towards each other and each other's um, religions or or races or peoplehoods whatever um, I mean this is kind of anecdotal but I think we we have uh, I'm 56 years old I guess I've been awake for 50 years. <laughs> Or have memory of, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I think as Christians we swear more. I mean, I, I run in, yeah, I guess fairly progressive Christian Mennonite circles, but we swear more. I mean, even the evangelicals I hang out with swear more than than they used to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not talking about in church. I'm just talking about general when we have these conversations. I think that part of this goes with a kind of new honesty. About okay. life that perhaps your generation and the ones younger 
we're just a bit more honest and a, li a little bit less interested in surfacey kinds of realities. And I think that uh, swearing is a part of this. We want to be honest. And, and sometimes that honesty, the best word for it is, is a swear word, right? Or, or, a, or a concept that needs to be somehow alerted in our body and, uh, and, and in the bodies of others. So, um, so yeah, that I, I think it's becoming more popular <laughs> in a yeah. sense, along with our, our general honesty. And I'm also interested in, in the ways that we, um, yeah, I mean, this book project has lots of different chapters in it, including, you know, one on the fake words that we use for swearing and why we use them, like heck and darn and all that kind of stuff. And and actually, the you know, there'll be a chapter on the helpful ways that swearing is, right? I mean, there's some there's some great things about about these powerful, powerful words that somehow access some powerful feelings that we have. And I think that's important to to recognize. So like, I'm thinking also of like negative self-talk. Yes. And how we like almost curse ourselves. Yes. Like if you, if you make a mistake and you say shit, is it funneling that energy or is, or, I mean, I guess there's a difference between shit and like, ah, I'm a shitty person or like, you know, like, right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just the power no, in our words. Yeah. That's an excellent question, and maybe should be, maybe we should we should run to our therapists with that question, because uh, yeah. that's a good one. I mean, I think it's like a lot of things, right? Like there's, there's, um, there becomes there becomes a kind of circularity, and and a downward push if we're constantly um, swearing at ourselves, right? right? Like it does start to form. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a speech act starts to form us, right? You're talking here to a six on the Enneagram. Okay. As my wife once said when she was reading about sixes, my wife Marilyn, she said, Alan, I knew you had a critic in your head. I didn't know you had a whole committee of critics, right? <laughs> yeah, I have a whole committee of critics. And so they can all swear at me at the same time. And I have to learn to um, say bye-bye, you know, to to some of that really negative, um, those those negative um and sometimes I, I swear back at them, right? Yes. Yeah. In a, in a I, kind of humorous way, right? Like, yeah, you can leave now. Bye -bye. Yeah. Go but to hell. Other, yeah. <laughs> this is not uh, really of any, well, it, I mean, it, it's related, but one of my favorite things I've learned from therapy and various books I've read uh, about like the inner critic. So I, I'm surrounded by ones on the, maybe I'd have to say on this, on this podcast that you need to do some precursory uh, homework and learn about the Enneagram if you're going to listen to it, but I'm surrounded by ones in my life and they have a strong inner critic. And um, anyway, so I, I also have that, that inner critic voice. And one of my favorite things that I've learned is if I have a big feeling, oftentimes it's the inner critic. Um, I visualize kind of like in the movie, the Pixar movie Inside Out, where each of her emotions, this little girl, each of her emotions yeah. are a character. So anger is this red little character. So I picture my big feeling as a character. And I, uh, you know, I could say bye-bye. I could also invite that character to the table and say, okay, yes. Envy, what do you have to tell me right now? Or, okay, um, inner critic voice of laziness. 
what do you have to share? Um, and oftentimes it's like, uh, I gave an example recently. I forget what it was, but it was just like, I, like they just wanted to be heard. Like if you, if you literally visualize this feeling as a little character, they just wanted their voice to be heard. And so I'm like, okay, sit, have some tea, tell me what you want to say, and then go play. You know, yeah. I release yes. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll, you know, stick up my middle finger as you leave, you know? Um, but yeah, anyways, just all of this, like how we talk with ourselves, how language affects our physical body, um, mm -hmm. our physiology, that it does something. It's more than just a word. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, it does something physio physiological. It's, it's a release. Mm -hmm. It's, I, I don't. I don't know, but it's it's so interesting how it plays with our sense of morality also mm -hmm, like that, mm -hmm. you know, and when I started um, ministry and even in seminary, when I was studying to be a pastor, I would get comments like someone would say a cuss word and then they'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, you're going to be a pastor. And that made me so mad. I'm like, yeah. no, if you're yeah. going to cuss, cuss, do it unapologetically, you know, as long as it's yeah. not super yeah. effective. Um, don't change yourself because I'm a pastor. I think, I think one of the things at the bottom of this, and this, this is now from my, um, so I'm, I'm a trainee and a particular, uh, voice method and theory. Uh, you can look up Kristen Linkletter online and find out what that is. So I work with, uh, voice teachers in New York city and as well as in Scotland in, in the Orkney islands. And, um, this is something I've been working at for 20 years, and now I'm in the this this trainee phase, so I can be an official teacher of it. And this is this is similar to a lot of other uh, voice and acting kinds of practices. It's also similar to, to, to different kinds of mindfulness practices. But one of the things that's that's at the root of all this is that we have desires and we have things we want to express, and. What society has done, and this is all, you know, this is all good nurture from our parents. We grow up, we, we have this very natural voice as babies. We want something and we know what to do to get it. It's the smile or it's the cry and we just let it out, right? Like the most pure voice is the, is the infant, right? right? Who is just gonna, there's a pang, there's a need and, the, and it's expressed. And as we get older, you know, we hear it, girls don't talk that way. Uh, um, use your outside voice, use your inside voice. Um, we don't speak that way to grandma. Or can you just bring it down a bit? Or um, this is where we whisper, or this is a secret. So our, I mean, we, we start to get, our voices start to get controlled in all kinds of probably good ways and probably ways that are, that are not so good. And um, expressing our true what, expressing what we want to express is not always easy. We, we don't, we have all kinds of um, social and religious and maybe gender uh, ideas that, that we can't express ourselves the way we really want to express ourselves. And one of the things we're working at in this voice practice is to express ourselves, right? Uh, we, uh, we have problems doing that. Sometimes it's our, actually our musculature that has changed. And often it's those other critics that say, you, you, can't, you can't talk that way. You can't read the Bible like that. It's supposed to be a holy book. You're supposed to, you know, you're, so we have all these rules and 
one of the things that we try to get rid of is is the rules or more positively to say it what what, what do you really want to say and how can you say it how do you want to express that right and it's not an intellectual exercise as much as it's just physical it's like like think of a sigh for instance right like sometimes we sigh these deep sighs of it's a it's a deep feeling right it can be anger it can be pleasure it can be whatever but it's oh yeah right or it's oh right I, I mean there's lots of different kinds of sighs and yeah how do we express those and how do we express them as performers as people who are reading scripture or preaching in church and how do we express those you know when you're working with um, people in counseling settings or in meetings um, how do we learn to express ourselves truly um, in ways that are powerful and in ways that truly express what we want to express so those are that's sort of behind some of this work that i'm doing in swearing right because swearing is one of those ways of of testing the boundaries of what we can and can't say it's just one of them there's lots of other ways to do that right right but that yeah how do you express that deep sigh that you have it could be it could be in a good swear word i don't know and of course there's times and places for different things right but sure yeah hello beloved baddies a quick break to tell you that this episode is sponsored by the center for art humor and soul a nonprofit that supports and amplifies the voices of edgewalkers through art that catalyzes change laughter that brings us together and soul awakening to the creative spark within us the support from the center for art humor and soul has meant the world to this podcast so i highly encourage you to check out their website arthumorandsoul.com to see their other featured artists and projects. If you want to support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon or get in touch. Now I'll let you get back to this episode of Called to be Bad. So what would you say to someone that if you cuss, if you say bad words, that makes you a bad pastor, Christian, whatever? How would you respond to that? No, oh, you know, I'm inclined to say almost the opposite, um, Mariah. Okay. I'm inclined to say that, that, um, well, yeah, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that's good. My, but that's my first thought. I should stay with it. Yeah. Mm, I want, I want pastors to be expressive. I want, I want preachers and pastors to be expressive. It may not come out in swearing. That's, that's kind of beside the point now, but it's like, can you be honest with right. the Bible and with the people in the Bible and with, um, uh, and with the faith and how complex and beautiful and tragic and uh, the, the li living a life of faith is right? There's a there's a one of the things that also got me into this was, you know, the movie um, The King's Speech. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a moment in the, so the, so the king stutters and uh, he gets a voice teacher to work with him and before one of his big speeches uh, they go through one of the exercises and the 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 um, the voice the voice teacher has the king looking in the mirror I think it is and saying fuckity fuck 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 and one of my friends came to me afterwards who's a pastor and she said um do you recommend and it was this this is a joke right. Do you recommend pastors doing that in their office before they go out? And then she started laughing. And my first response was, um, 
that may actually help, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it may actually, I mean, there's all kinds of, and I do this in the preaching courses and voice courses, as you know, there's lots of warm-ups that you could be doing um, uh, before you get out and preach or read scripture or tell stories in church, because you want to get your body ready to do what it needs to do and ready to express itself. And I said to, to my friend, you know, if that helps you to be articulate and honest and, and speak from the gut right. in a way that that brings us closer to Jesus, go for it, <laughs> right? Do it. So, so this might be a, a bit ortho unorthodox, uh, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm playing with the edges here. And, and for me, it's not so much playing with the edges of sort of swearing or blaspheming or anything. It's really playing with the edges of language and the edges of, of how we can learn to fully express what we need to express when we need to express it. Right. Yeah. If you hear me cuss from the pulpit, you can blame Alan Rudy Froze. No, I, yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, it's amazing how words can help us escape our bodies and also draw us into our bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And be a more full expression of our humanity, of mm -hmm. divinity. Uh, so thank you for that. And I'm going to try a new thing. Uh, it was, my friend suggested, what if you end your podcast with some sort of blessing? And so I thought it would be perfect. You know, we're talking about words. We're talking about words that have creative power. So why not end this time with a blessing? Amen. So, That's great. Off the top of my head, you know, Alan and everyone listening, go from here and dive into the fullest expression of your humanity. May you close the gap between your feelings and expressing it, throwing it out into the universe. And um, may you have a hell of a good time doing it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's perfect. That's good. I want you to send me that. That's good. Okay. Well, we'll see if I can remember it now. I think I blacked out a little bit while I was doing my blessing. Um, but anyways, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Alan, for being on here. Um, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's all for this episode of Called to be Bad. Keep being your bad, beautiful selves, and I will see you next time. <laughs>